there was something about him that I just, I really wanted to be by him. Kind of like a fire, you know? Like you see a fire and you're like, I don't really want to be by that fire. From CBC, this is Love Me, a show about the messiness of human connection. Hi, I'm Lou. Episode one, at a loss for words. My mom demands a lot of attention, and so she calls a lot. And the thing is, she just never sounds happy. I sense this deep melancholy, or she sounds mad that I haven't called, or maybe she just had a shitty day. You know, I never know. But the point is, she just never sounds happy. And yet, whenever she hangs up the phone, she always says, Okay, I love ya. And, you know, she's waiting for a response. And I realized, you know, maybe about 10 years ago, I just stopped being able to say I love you too. Nothing specific happened. It's just that we slowly drifted further and further apart. Or maybe I drifted further and further away from her. And now it's this awkward, cringy moment at the end of every call where she wants to be loved. And of course, I love my mom. She's my mother. But I can't quite say it. It's just one word, love. But it doesn't feel right. It doesn't sum up the complicated mix of feelings I have for her. Tartle, Scottish. The act of hesitating while introducing someone because you've forgotten their name. Tiam. Farsi, the twinkle in your eye when you first meet someone. Mamila Pinyatapai, Yagan, a silent acknowledgement and understanding between two people who are both wishing or thinking the same thing and are both unwilling to initiate. Forelsket, Norwegian, the indescribable euphoria as you begin to fall in love. Ubuntu, Ndebele, essentially meaning, I find my worth in you, and you find your worth in me. Cafuné, Brazilian Portuguese, the act of tenderly running your fingers through the hair of somebody you love. Naz, Urdu, the pride and assurance that comes from knowing you are loved unconditionally. Berni. Arabic, meaning you bury me, a declaration of one's hope that they will die before another person, as it would be too difficult living without them. Nunsi, Korean, the subtle, often unnoticed art of listening, engaging another's mood. Razlubit, Russian. To fall out of love, a bittersweet feeling. Komeshbeck, German, literally meaning grief bacon, the excess weight we gain from emotional overeating. Saudade, Portuguese, a vague, constant desire for something that does not and probably cannot exist. 
a nostalgic longing for someone loved and then lost. The act of repeatedly looking outside to check if someone, anyone, is coming. Wabi-sabi, Japanese, finding beauty in imperfections, acceptance of the cycle of life and death. In 2010, I was in Haiti on an assignment covering the aftermath of the earthquake, and I was in Port-au-Prince in a hotel. I had only been in the country for a day. I was just sort of trying to get my bearings, but I had promised myself that I was going to go swimming. There's like a tiny, very old pool in the front of the property, and when I got there, there was this obnoxious group of French soldiers and they were really loud, and they were like singing and drinking. And I was like, oh man. So I got in the water and just sort of stayed to the edges, you know, swimming in like a tiny sad circle by myself, basically, because I was trying to stay out of their way. And um, when I would look over at them, mostly to scowl, there was this one who would like catch my eye. And um, within a few minutes, swam over to me. He spoke French, and I spoke English, so there was a lot of pantomiming, and then we would each try to think of a word in the other person's language that might get across. I, actually, it ended up being more charades than conversation, honestly, and he told me his name was Nico. We ended up sitting on the side of the pool, and there was something about him that I just, I really wanted to be by him. Kind of like a fire, you know? Like you just, you see a fire and you're like, I don't really want to be by that fire. But it was late. And I was like, you know, I gotta go to bed. I have to wake up early and go to work. I woke up the next morning and um, I had an email waiting from him. It started, hello, miss. Exclamation point. Hello, miss. How are you? How are you? I was happy. Us. Encounter. He had just typed out an email in French and fed it into Google Translate. We started just emailing each other back and forth. He complimented me on my beauty. You are beautiful. And my horn beam. Your horn beam is very appealing. What is a horn beam? And he said, Google Translate says it means charm. And I said, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It definitely doesn't. He was working and I was working, so we couldn't see each other. But we were writing like 10, 20, 30 emails to each other a day through Google Translate. I want your magnet. Excuse me? There's something about you that's magnetic. 
Are you flirting with me? Absolutely. A couple nights later, I was sitting in my room, lights out, and then he knocked on my door. I moved the curtain over and peeked through, and he, he like popped his little head over and smiled and waved at me. And um, I mean, I think we said hello, and that was kind of it. I know what I sound like when I say this, but we were in love. <laughs> you know, we were like immediately in love. The next day, I had this email from him that said, I'm glad to have good to see you. I like the contact with your skin. But then it ended with, I don't think we stay in touch. I felt like I had been kicked in the throat. And so I wrote him back and I was like, you're an asshole. He wrote me back and it said, Asshole, in Google Translate, is not good word. I want to see you again. It's not the problem. As it turned out, the French soldiers were not allowed to leave except for on, like, official assignment. So when he said, we can't stay in touch, he meant, like, physically in touch. But, of course, in English, that's not what stay in touch means. He was still in Haiti for, I think, like a month and a half after I left. And when he went back to France, we graduated to video talking, but he still didn't speak English, so I would type a sentence in English, he would put it into Google Translate, he would see what it meant, he would type his response back in, and then he would cut and paste that back into the chat window and send it to me. Bonjour. How was your day? We just would sort of chat in the same way that anybody does, just very, very slowly and excruciatingly. I had no time to clean, so my apartment is a horror house. I beg your pardon? In French, bordel means messy. You just said your apartment is full of prostitutes. Oh no. LOL. When his little face would pop up on Skype, I mean, it was just like when we were together in the pool. Like, everything felt, like, better and more secure and... Solid. Like, I felt solid. What is your favorite memory? Meeting. You. The thing about talking to a person who doesn't speak the same language as you is that you really have to pare it down. I mean, there's no adjectives, right? There's no flourishes. You have to get to the point as simply and efficiently as you can. Even when we were talking about something very serious, you know, we were talking about like, do you want to have children? Like you can imagine backing into this conversation, right? Like, well, I have complicated feelings and you would try to hedge it, you know, like sort of beat around the bush, but it, like you don't have time for that when every single sentence has to be transliterated. You just say what you mean.
I want to see you again. Me. Two. We saw each other for the first time after Haiti seven months later. We were both very scared about what it was going to be like. Like, what are we going to do without Translate? And this is before the day of the tablet. But we would go out to dinner and on the table we had our water glasses, we had our wine glasses, we had our entrees, and we had our dictionaries. And less than a year, after that second time we'd seen each other, he moved into my house in San Francisco. I had moments of doubt where I was just like, this is never gonna work because we're never gonna be exactly on the same page as far as communicating because there just is this barrier. And he was like, lots of people who do speak the same language don't know how to communicate with each other. And sort of like the end of that discussion. I was like, that's true. Okay, yeah, that's true. We've been married for like three and a half years, and... Our relationship is like a married people relationship, but better, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? I don't know, when you talk about like married people, or like when you see movies and stuff, it's always about like... Something is not working, and like they're getting divorced. Or Why do you stuff. have an idea that marriage is terrible for most people? Because I'm French, and that's how we see stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mac. I'm Nico. I speak English. Je parle français. And we fell in love through Google Translate. Whenever we're around people, a good vocabulary helps us say what we mean and understand what others mean. Will you let me roll you into a very small ball and then throw you out into the sea? What are you talking about? Oops. What I was trying to say was... Would you like to go for lunch? I want to peel. You like a carrot. And when all that is left is bone, I will nibble on you for comfort. I beg your pardon? I mean, yes, lunch sounds lovely. Will you grow hair that covers your skin like tall grass that sings quietly in the wind? What's that? I mean, could you please pass the salt? I want to turn you inside out and fold you into a tiny square I can bury in the sand. Come again? I mean you have a piece of rice on your nose. How embarrassing. Hee-hee. Hee-hee. I guess we should get going.
Will you stretch yourself so thin, you become transparent paper that a child can fold into a lantern? To be set free into the darkest sky? Excuse me? I mean, can I kiss you? I want you to crumble, bit by bit, until there's a soft pile of you that I can blow into a snowfall and watch as you transform into flakes of ice. Is that a yes? Yes. It is a yes. Will you press your fingerprints, like hungry paws, on the black box of numbers? What did you say? Pass me the remote. Will you whisper my name, until my ears turn into butterflies? I mean, you could at least say please. Will you stop stampeding around, like a giant centipede? I can't hear the TV. Will you pass me the toothpaste, please? Will you stop throwing lily pads all over our comfort zone? Excuse me? I'll pass you the toothpaste when you stop leaving your disgusting wood towels all over the apartment. Will you stop nagging me? Will you stuff yourself with peanut butter until you get devoured by wild pigs? Will you hail a taxi to the edges of the planisphere and rot? What? I said, screw you. I'm going to sleep on the couch. Will you move out of the way? So I can pack my belongings and run away in peace. Will you change your mind and stop bruising? My guts. Will you jump off the roof so you can break into itty bitty shards of glass? Will you lay yourself out under me in sheets of bubble wrap to cushion my fall? Will you stare into the sun until you realize it's too late? It is over. It is over. Will you thaw like the polar ice caps? Will you become a black hole that caves in upon itself. Will you give me one more chance and let me love you? What do you mean? I mean, I love you. What does love mean? It sounds like gibberish. It means that if you flow out of my body, and drain into the river, you will never ever dissolve or drift away. We will float side by side, together, under the stars. Oh. That sounds nice.
How long would we float for? For ever and ever. Love Me is produced by Mira Burt-Wintonic and Crystal Duhame. Today's show featured Mac McClelland and her husband, Nico Ansel. To find out more about their love story, check out Mac's book, Irritable Hearts, a PTSD love story. You can see photos of Mac and Nico at our website, cbc.ca slash loveme. At the beginning of the show, you heard untranslatable words adapted from Ella Francis Sanders' book, Lost in Translation with permission from the Jean V. Nagar Literary Agency. And thanks to everyone who read the words for us. You can find the book at untranslatablebooks.com. You also heard What Do You Mean?, which was written by Mira Burt-Wintonic and Crystal Duhame, with elements of a poem by Kelsey Walsh. Original theme music by Tim Kingsbury, scoring music by Murray Lightburn, additional music by Jasper Teen and Chris Zabriski. And we want to thank everyone who gave us feedback on our pilot way back when. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or at cbc.ca slash loveme, where you can also find an animated version of the untranslatable words from this episode. Here's a sneak peek from the next episode. Have you ever felt down and out and unable to love yourself the way you deserve? Today's divorcee, Marsha, sure has. She's here to reconnect with herself and find true love within. Because self-love... Is the best love! That's right. 